0: Hebrews 12:1-3 Therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross Scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Thank you, Zaria. When I was um, much, much younger, I used to do some athletics at a reasonably competitive level, um, at least I thought so. And one of my uh, chosen track events was running the 1,500 metre race. And I'll never forget how that kind of went down each time I ran one of those races. You know, the experience was sort of Printed in your mind. Uh, I loved usually the start of the race, you know, lining up and a 1500 meter track event takes you around uh, a 400 meter athletic track around about four times, um, three and three quarters. You know, the start of it is, is, is exhilarating. It's the, the fire of the gun, seeing how the pack's going to form out and where you're in it. And for the first two, three hundred meters, it kind of is, it's really just fun. And then and then you start to realize, well, I don't know, you know, <laughs> your lungs start to burn, uh, your legs start to kind of feel a little bit like lead. Uh, mentally, your brain starts to kind of zone out and all reality is blocked out, and you just focus on <sighs> the breathing for it. <laughs> and eventually, you sort of get to the end of round one, <laughs> and then you realize there's round two, there's round three, and, and, and you really at that point start to think to yourself, well, you know, I don't know, can I do this? You know, uh, uh, an athlete who's sort of trying to be a bit serious about this usually has a plan going into the race, so you know exactly what time you're hoping to get. You're not really competing against others. You're competing against yourself. You're sort of going, well, I I don't know. I just don't know if I'm going to get to my, my," all right, brag point. I could do it in three minutes and 56 seconds at my best. I don't know if I can do that again today. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to pike. I just can't do it, right? Two more laps to go, and then eventually you get to that, uh, last lap, you know, past the finishing line and <laughs> what they do is they, you know, they ring a bell as if you've forgotten that, <laughs> that you're in a race and, and <laughs> this is the last lap, you know, just remember. And, you know, that, that really was the best part of the race because, hey, it's 200 more metres of that 400 of dogged perseverance and then in that last 200 it is just an all-out mind of matter going for it. Running and letting the body give what it's got, and obviously the bliss of getting to the end, right? The Bible, for its part, portrays your life. Certainly, your life as a Christian, if 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 you are a Christian. Equally, as a race. It does so in the Bible reading we did this morning. It does so in multiple other parts too. It's perhaps less of a fifteen hundred meter race and more of a marathon or a, or a journey or a long walk but work with me for a middle distance 1500 meter race analogy this morning. You're in a race and at the end of 2023 there's natural cause for us to reflect perhaps after I don't know maybe another lap you consider each year a lap How is the race going for you? Are you in the the starting two or three hundred metres where it's it's still exhilarating, it's still fun? You know, maybe maybe you've become a Christian this year. Maybe that's that's you. I mean, let's let's be honest. There's there's that wonderful exhilaration when we start out, right? Uh, Maybe it's just tied to age and still in that youthful energy and, and really finding life fantastic, not that it's ever perfect, but relatively so. Or maybe, maybe you are in that long extended round two or round three, really wondering, will you survive this race? Weariness and losing heart, maybe maybe that's your point at the end of 2023. Maybe you're hearing the bell, maybe you're a at the end of a cycle of life, where an end of sorts is drawing near for a chapter or a season, and um, I mean, it's it's encouraging. The lights at the end of the tunnel. Uh, maybe you're at the end, nearing the end of your physical life. For those of us who are at the end of the long marathon journey, it's painful, but you hear the bell, right? We're all in different places in life's race. And what I want to do this morning is really just unpack these three verses and say, but how, how do we approach this race and not lose heart? Not become so weary that we pull out of the race altogether. Or, or you know, how do we how do we how do we how does God want to gift us and help us along the way in the journey this morning, right now, where we are at? That's that's what Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3 is about, and I want to show you three things out of it. Will, can you chuck me on the screen, thanks, mate? Um, there we are. I want to throw you three. I want to show you three things: um, the yellow thing, the green thing, and the red thing. Three things that we that we God gives us to help us in the race. But before I do so, I just want to set those three things in in a context because there's a really beautiful point. The little passage actually starts by saying. You on your life race are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are they? Well, in the book of Hebrews, in the Bible, it's one of the books in the Bible, the chapter before this lists a number of people, men and women who have lived throughout the ages and have ran their races fantastically well. Difficult races, hard races, uh, immensely challenging races, and they stand at the finishing line as as a cloud of witnesses and I just want to touch on that and say that this is the one lesson we already get out of this passage, is that you in your race will not survive your race or keep heart or want to keep going unless you have a cheering squad, people who are there to help you on. I, I, I can, I, I'll never forget, I mean, in, in, in the athletics days, there were these were two ways. There, usually at the end of a season when you made it into you know, the more prestigious last final rounds, they'd bust hold the whole cheering squads over to the venue and when you ran past the, 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 the stands where your crowd sat uh, and they all roar and cheer for you, there's something about that, right? That, 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 that gives you an energy and, a, and, and a, a resilience that you otherwise wouldn't have past that part of the track, but even, I think, more significantly for me was on the other side of the track where there's the lone fellow athlete who's Track side, maybe a coach. And as the world zones out in agony and pain and fatigue. Fatigue, there's a, a lone voice that says, keep going. Hang in there. Another foot in front of the other. No athlete can successfully run a race without that. You can't either. And Hebrews tells us that. It tells us that in chapter 11. It tells us here, you know, we're surrounded. And, and would you please ensure that you listen to your encouragers along the way? Whether that is your, what you get from coming to church, whether that is in Bible study groups, Christian friends. Ensure that those relationships are alive, are healthy, and you draw from them, right? You are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. But let's move on. What does Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, tell us we should do in order to race, run this race well? Well, the first thing is something that should be done by us. Let us, the yellow bit, throw off everything that hinders us. Right? An athlete who's running a race throws off, gets rid of, absolutely any and everything that would remotely impede or hinder their ability to run their race well. And so you read things of elite athletes who would undergo laser eye surgery because they certainly don't want to carry glasses. They don't even want to carry contact lenses. Olympic athletes are you know, barely dressed because of they need to minimise clothing that they have on them. In every respect, life is optimised for them to run the race as best as they could. And church is the same for us, it's the same for you, it's the same for me. On the one hand, this is a very simple kind of a hack to run your race well. It's a simple way of thinking, well, will this Activity that I'm doing, this thought that I'm thinking. Help me on my race, or will it hinder me? If it'll help me, do it. Watch it, listen to it, say it, eat it. Whatever it is. It won't. Get rid of it. Simple, right? On <laughs> the one and it is, so simple. On the other hand, it's really not. Life's complex. It's not always all that straightforward to work out what helps and what hinders. Often we need great wisdom. And, and if, even if we have the wisdom, we battle our own weaknesses. We know what is right to do. We know what will help us. We know what we need to get rid of that's hindering us. It's, it's clear to us. We see it in the Word. We see it in our conscience. But we know that it's hard. And how often we say, I'm just too weak. I I want it, but I can't, right? I'll talk more about that towards the end, because we're given something for that in this beautiful passage. For now, I just acknowledge that despite the complexity, despite our weakness, the science of running a race well is rather simple on this point. (laughs) Do everything that helps and throw off everything that's hindering. Sin, that's what we're talking about. Anything that is not helping you as an athlete, get rid of it out of your life in 2024. It will help. All right? The first thing we need to do. The next thing is the bit in green. Let us run with perseverance. Okay? Basic dictionary definition of the word perseverance. Actually, kids, kids, you can help me out. What do you think the word perseverance means? Just yell out for me. Go, Evan. Your hand was up and down, so you thought, press on. press on, yes, yeah, keep going, yes, I always have to say to my kids, knuckle down, right? In a 1,500 metre race, the reality is that a thousand of the 500 metres boil down to pure perseverance, it requires no real wisdom or skill or situational awareness or anything like that. It is just a plain old keep at it. You don't care about what the other athletes are doing. You don't care about who's overtaking you. You don't care about who you're overtaking. It is irrelevant. You, s- you just need to <laughs> stick at it. <laughs> just keep running, right? And so the vast majority of, of your life, maybe of 2023, maybe of 2024, might be the same, right? Right? It's, it's a matter of perseverance. The vast majority of our time of life in earth is, is not actually dotted or punctuated by high peaks or low valleys. It, it's it's humdrum muddling on perseverance. Stick at it. Don't, nothing really to be done other than hanging there, right? And I think what makes this more difficult than just the simplicity of oh, yeah, just keep going, is notice the, notice the, uh, the tense for, um, for that, that little bit. Run with perseverance, hang in there. The race that's marked out for you, that's passive tense. You see, a 1,500-meter race, we get to mark that out. You don't get to mark your own race out in life. It's deep mystery here. But God marks out the race and they're not the same. What it means for one of us to persevere is very different than it does for the other, right? The child living in Palestine, perseverance in her race means something very unique today. For the person struggling with illness who's learnt of a diagnosis, that's not favourable, that's maybe terminal, that to persevere through that is something very different. You see, in many ways, the first point is throwing off sin. That's something that needs to be done by us. right? Throw off the sin. The second point, in some ways, is something that's done to us. We need to persevere through what happens to us. Not necessarily the things that we have caused or done that, that we had no control over, and yet... The race means persevere through that, right? Throw off everything that entangles. Persevere through the race that's marked out for you. There's the first two things and now the last one. The last one is really an answer to a question you might say, well, you know, can't do it. Feels too much, right? (laughs) Finish the first round, knowing what the pain feels like, mentally, physically. And and, and throwing off just seems impossible. It, It seems overwhelming. It seems impossible that I can, I know what I've got to throw off, but I can't. I've tried before. It's impossible, right? Whatever it is for you. The suffering and the agony of the circumstances that I face are too hard. I can't bear up under it. The temptation is there to say, I don't think that God is good. I don't think that God loves me. I I want to quit the Christian race, right? I can't bear up under it. How how can it be achieved? How can I possibly persevere for another year of this? The stuff that John prayed for, I, I think, captured that really well. All that pain, all that hardship, right? How do we do it? Hebrews, fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, the pioneer, older translation said, the author and the perfecter of your faith. You don't survive this race by what is done by you or what is done to you. You survive this race by what is done for you, for you. You fix your eyes on him who has done everything and is now doing everything for you and in you to make you run and survive this race. It's the glory of the gospel. <laughs> it's phenomenal. The message of the whole book of Hebrews, the message of the whole book of the Bible is this, right? It's that God's Son, Jesus Christ, has come into the world to live a life in which He has thrown off all sin and He has persevered through all suffering. He has run the perfect race. And then He dies the death that all people deserve for our failure to do so ourselves. He's raised to life in victory over death and He's the only human who have run the race perfectly. And what does he ask of you and me? He says, believe me. Believe it. He wants us to respond to him in faith. What will happen if you do? Because, I mean, that's great theory, but I still haven't got to the point where, how that helps you. Two things happen if we respond in faith to Jesus. We accept what he's done for us. Two things. Firstly, he takes the trophy that he won, probably mainly his certificate of completion. This isn't about winning. This is about completing, right? He takes his, and he walks up to you, and he says, it's yours. You've done it. It's complete. It's done. <laughs> you, you, I, I know, I know. It, it, it doesn't seem right, does it? But it's the gospel. It's the love of God for those who would come to Him and believe in Him, in His love for us, and what He's done for us is the trophy is yours. If you if you humbly come to that point of saying, Yes, I could never finish this race. I could never throw off all the sin. I could never persevere through all the suffering. But I know He did, and He did it for me. It's yours trophy is yours the race is in a sense already done for you the outcome is secure you've won already what remains for you now is the second thing that your faith will give you this doesn't mean that you now bail out of the race and go and get yourself an ice cream and sit and watch the others run no you still got to run your race right you don't quit the race you stay absolutely in the race But now something extraordinary happens. Jesus comes to you and he says, I'm going to help you run your race. I'm now going to shape you and make you into the type of athlete that I am. More and more, bit by bit. And I I love how this is illustrated uh, in in a translation of, of Hebrews by a guy called Eugene Peterson. He translated the whole Bible into, I want to say his own version, but yeah, anyway, it's just to make it a bit more vivid, I suppose. Can I read to you this bit from the message? And, and the last bit is what I want to focus on. Here's what Eugene Peter says. He says, do you see what this means? This is all the people of faith from Hebrews 11. All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour, right alongside God, When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he ploughed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. (laughs) I love that last bit. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. An athlete who gets to the last 250 meters, particularly an athlete who's who's, who's been cheered on and all that kind of stuff, that last 200 meters is on pure adrenaline, right? Now, adrenaline gets a bad rap. I know too much adrenaline is bad adrenaline. You know, athletes can't ever run on adrenaline forever. It's going to destroy them. But insofar as it's healthy, I love the analogy, okay? I love the analogy because here's what it says to me. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, if we come to know more and more his words about who he is, about who he says you are, about his beauty, his splendor, his glory, if we come to love him and his ways more and more in everything we do, as we, through increased prayer, meditation on the word, devotion, teaching, fellowship, expand our experience in our souls of Jesus, there is a power that is at work internally in you as an athlete, like an adrenaline that lifts you, that empowers you, that gives you the results in the race of life that will help you to persevere in trial, that will help you to overcome this sin and throw off what needs to be thrown off. You become an athlete more and more like him. And this, my dear Christian friends, or all my friends here, whether you're Christian or not, it is what makes the Christian message so stunningly beautiful and wonderful. There is hope for all of us, right? And so let me finish by saying, if you're running the race of the Christian life Fix your eyes on Jesus daily. Let him help you throw off everything that hinders and persevere through all the hardship as he pulses the necessary adrenaline through you. That's his promise. You've already won the race. Now learn to run like a winner. Let him help you, shape you, nourish you, feed you, coach you to run like a winner. And finally, if you're not a Christian, may I invite you today to consider entering the race of life as a Christian. You may say, oh, well, good for me, I'm not a Christian, none of this applies. But the truth is, however, that you are more like Christians than you think you too face suffering you too face the battle with your own weakness, guilt shame, failures as a person, as a human being but unlike your Christian friend or family you face your suffering and struggles perhaps without hope and perhaps without help you don't have to that's the beauty of the message of the Christian faith maybe if you're here today it's, it's for you to grab a hold of I don't need to suffer or face the human suffering without hope and without help. And so my invitation to you is is absolute that you would please see me after this message. See see whoever you have in your life as as a Christian, in family or friend to help you work out how you (laughs) sign up into this race running for Team Gospel, Team Christian and within it find that you've already won. And all the help you need to complete is there for you. Please pray with me, folks. Rather, the race gets long sometimes. In fact, the majority of the race is long and painful and spent in Dark places of delirium and ringing ears, despair, wondering if we'll ever make it. We want to confess our our weakness, our struggle, often our hopelessness. But Lord, more than confess it, we want to grab a hold today of Jesus. Grab a hold today. Would you grab a hold of us, Lord Jesus? Would you, as the song says, turn our eyes on you, to you? (laughs) You, the author, and you, the perfecter of our faith. May we see you as our example or, really, our replacement. May we draw immense encouragement from knowing you have finished our race. My race is done already. You've done it. You've finished it. And for what remains in what I still need to do you are with me. You will help. You provided a cloud of witnesses. May their voices be heard, accepted, and make a difference. And Father, may the wonderful, healthy, holy, soul adrenaline pulse through us as we run. Lift our race. Strengthen our legs. Clear our minds. Give us good air to breathe. And let us continue. And finally, Father, I pray for the the friend who are here today who's in this race, but who surely will pull out soon altogether. Who needs hope. Who needs help. May he, may she, my dear friend, may you today find it in this person, Jesus, even if you don't fully understand it. Ask him to help you. Ask him to show himself to you. Receive him and run with him. Lord Jesus, would you do your work in the hearts of anyone who's reaching out to you this day. We pray, we ask in your wonderful name and in such gratitude that you stand there holding the trophy, (laughs) that we can cheer and say, how marvellous. It's done. It's won. It's over already. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, music team. Can I invite you up?